This is Pixelated Audio, and you're listening to Expansion Pack 28. All right, welcome back to Pixelated Audio. This is Expansion Pack 28. Uh, it's been a little bit of a gap between our last episode, but we needed a break. Anyways, we're your hosts. I'm Brian, and this is Gene, and uh, we're happy to be back. Hey, folks, we're well-rested. We're uh, we're here with an expansion pack, which means we're taking it pretty loosey-goosey today, but it's a nice way to get us back into the swing of things. Uh, I wouldn't say well-rested. I've been stressed out last yeah. year. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's, worse true. Stuff, but... That's true. That said, we ended last year on a really high note. That's, uh, man, Dan Hess, Pilot Wings, that has got to be one for the records. That was an amazing show. Yeah, yeah. So we want to do something light today, Expansion Pack. kind of haven't done one in a while, so Expansion Pack 28. Uh, basically, just Got some random tracks. That one we came in with was from a game called Dunk Shot on the Sega System 16B hardware. Uh, the track was called Toast, and this is from an unknown composer using the YM2151, uh, published and developed by Sega and released in 1986. It's a pretty awesome way to come in. I Seriously, this just makes me smile. This track oh, yeah. is so good. I've been digging that Sega System 16 stuff. We had that baseball episode a while ago. It's got a similar kind of vibe. I'm telling you, man, like this was just a rocking system, man. Like Alien Syndrome, Alter Beast, Golden Action, Nobi, Wonder Boy 3. I mean, just a lot of really good titles on the system. Yeah, that that whole System 16, well, I've I've been really enjoying it. You know, I, I say this often, or maybe not that often, but sometimes it's nice to hear the sound chips before people kind of fully mastered them when things are a little bit more like raw or, you know, they're figuring things out and like basically anything by Uwabo <laughs> experimenting and like, yeah. Yeah. I think also just a lot of like, um, influence from pop culture at the time. I mean, this has like a very, a very eighties vibe to it. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Undeniably. I mean, what else would it be? Right. Maybe the seventies. I know and the, the track <laughs> is called toast. So I'm, I'm assuming that they're just kicking back, eating some toast and <laughs> no, it, it's, it, it's, I, I, it's probably some, you know, you win a trophy or something like that and you're happy because the game is, it's a, it's a basketball game, dunk shot. 
It's a four-player basketball game that's played from a bird's eye view. So, did you ever did you ever see this one? I'm sure you've seen it. Before. I did not know. If I you mean, saw this... the screenshots, you you would know what it is. It's it's basically you're looking down at the court. Um, the you know like the um, basketball hoop is really big, and your characters are small, so it has that perspective to it. Um, but yeah, it's... oh, you know what? I feel like you say that, and now that I'm looking at the screenshots, maybe I have kind of seen the attract mode on this game. I like, you might not have played it, but like yeah, uh, but yeah, the the cabinet was really interesting. Um, and actually, I'm not like I I love trackball uh, for certain kind of games. I, this one I don't know how it would work. Um, but it has it, it's interesting. It's a cocktail cabinet, and then there's four trackballs each with like two buttons. So like a pass and a shoot. And yeah. uh, so you can have four people that sit next to each other at a cocktail cabinet. Like that's like side by side. It's gotta be pretty cramped, right? <laughs> that's I mean, gotta be extremely cramped. Like anyways. I usually like one person at a time, I think is the maximum on each side, but Hey, you know, if you're kids and they're smaller, maybe it works. I don't so know. I've, I've a Miss <laughs> Pac-Man cabinet and like, yeah, I should yeah. straddle that thing, right? There's no room for somebody else next to me. Anyways, <laughs> slap their hand. If they're trying to take your, you know, you're trying to steal the shot, like get back there. We're on the same team. <laughs> now I could be wrong. And like the cabinet just be really, really big. But from what I'm looking at some of these images, I, you know, I could have sworn I've seen this in the wild, but who knows, you know? Yeah, no, I'm looking at it. It is four player, two on each side, but I it looks like a pretty normal sized monitor in there. So I don't know. Well, <laughs> I mean, in the 80s, they didn't really have much bigger than like, you know, like a 30 inch or something, right? No, not even That's that. True. It was like 24. Yeah, inch like or 24, or 25. Yeah. <laughs> so what'd you think about the track? You know, I, I it definitely reminded me a lot of that baseball track that we were listening to on the, I can't remember which episode number it was, but, you know, it's kind of got like, just a good, like a good groove to it. A little bit like, I don't know, 80s chords, Genesis, uh, you know, what's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I, I get the Genesis. Maybe, kind yeah, of I get sort the, of. <laughs> like, totally get the Genesis vibe, but yeah. I mean, that was that was the thing at the time. So I, I always feel very, like, very smiley when I listen to this kind of music. It's very uplifting. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't, wasn't super complex or anything. It was just, you know, a fun little track. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, like I yeah. almost <laughs> picture like a, like a little who's like, the boss maybe dun, or, dun, dun. Or, <laughs> or like you know like a like a wrigley's gum commercial or something anyways <laughs> oh yeah yeah mentos same yeah, this is, it's it, all the same <laughs> well from the same references moving on <laughs> happy 2022 uh what do you got next for us you know funny you mention sega during the late 80s uh because this next track is from a composer we've heard from from a lot of those uh games uh moving forward a little bit to the early 90s this is from the game sid Mead's terraforming for the TurboGrafx cd and the composer is katsuhiro hayashi a fan favorite i love that guy's music uh, not with sega but he was very well known for his music on sega systems including quartet and some of the other stuff we've talked about so yeah take a listen i love this track this is stage one
All right, that was stage one from the game Terraforming by Katsuhiro Hayashi for the PC Engine CD or the TurboGrafx CD. I uh, love me some early 90s proggy synth rocky uh, guitar work. So, uh, yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. Weird. that was really cool. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever heard this before the soundtrack. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, <laughs> listen to so much video game music for like the last, you know, 10 years that I can't pinpoint it but anyways really cool instrumentation uh, whatever instrument that was trying to approximate is is really rad like you don't hear that like it's like like what like a whistly kind of jazz flute guitar it yeah it's really kind of like a weird hybrid between like a synth guitar and like i don't know yeah you're right it, it does have something kind of, kind of uh, layered in there so it doesn't intentionally sound like you know distorted guitar or anything like that so, da, na, 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 oh yeah, na, yeah. I've been, na, na. I've had this one in my back pocket for kind of a long time. So actually, two of these tracks that I'm playing today are ones that I've been sitting on for kind of a while. And I've wanted to do uh, a show about terraforming, but the thing is, every time I listen to the rest of the soundtrack, it's like it's all over the place. It's not bad necessarily, but it's just like gets kind of more like orchestral. And dare I say, a little bit more boring as it goes on. Like I feel like this is the most distinctive track. I think you've just opened a debate uh, oh. <laughs> in the in the Discord or or wherever, wherever this is being listened to. Yeah, um, I'm curious <laughs> myself. Actually, I'd like to go through the the rest of the soundtrack. I feel yeah. like I know it, but you know, again, who knows? Yeah. So just a little bit of context on this game. So uh, it's called Sid Mead's Terraforming, and I'll go into who Sid Mead is in just a bit. But it was released. In Japan in 92 and in the U.S. in 93, developed by a company called Right Stuff Corporation <laughs> and uh, published by NEC Home Electronics. And I uh, actually didn't pull up too much on that company. Their their other games weren't super notable. NEC? No, no, no. Right Stuff Corporation. Oh, they were I was kind like, of a short-lived. <laughs> no, no. NEC, yeah. obviously, they yeah. were responsible for, you know, the turbo graphics and tons of in-house games and things. Um, but I wanted to, you know, actually talk more about Sid Mead because, you know, it was one of the, it was kind of that era where everybody was trying to get some clout into their game by having a famous name onto it. So, uh, I'm just pulling this straight from the Wikipedia, but you know, you'll know it when you hear it. He was an industrial designer and a neo-futurist concept artist. So he's probably best known for his work on Star Trek, the motion picture, Blade Runner, Tron, uh, <laughs> short circuit aliens, Basically, if there was a movie that kind of had like a very distinctive future that was not H.R. Giger, <laughs> it was probably by this guy. So, you know, he was credited as being one of the most influential concept artists and the man who illustrates the future or the artist who illustrates the future. So, you know, he was very, very much like, I don't know, had a huge impact on film sci-fi in the 70s and 80s. And he went on and continued to, to work on stuff into the future, but like, that period in like the early to mid eighties was really where like, you know, people, people still kind of remember that work. <laughs> oh, I do. I know who Sid Mead is. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. It's not a for name sure. that I think you may recognize, you know, you probably know his work better than, you know, the guy. So <laughs> I know I did for sure. Like I kept thinking, why do I know that name? Why is it? Oh, Sid Mead's terraforming. Who cares? Like who's Sid Mead? And then I looked it up and was like, Oh, that is Sid Mead. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool soundtrack, though. Yeah. What a cool find. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you got next, Brian? I'm I'm anxious to hear it. Well, you know, I I could go for something that's like 
more in your face, big, but uh, there's this track that uh, there's this game that I've been kind of playing off and on um, every now and then recently for whatever reason. And it's not Wordle. It's <laughs> uh, it's it's called uh, Soldem for um, it, it originally was released on arcade huh. in 92. Uh, but it's a series and there's like quite a few games. But this is from the Game Boy version. And this is uh, called the theme of Sekiero. Cool. Let's check it out. That was the theme of Sekiero, and this is from Soldem on the Game Boy. Came out in 1993, released by Jalico, uh, both published and developed. And uh, yeah, just decided on picking this track. <laughs> yeah, you know, why not? I mean, I honestly, I had never heard of this one. I thought I was pretty aware of the puzzle games because it looks like a puzzle game. I think it is a puzzle game. Yeah, yeah, it's on, a game. on the Game Boy. You know, I yeah. played a lot of like, uh, was it you know Quirk or the Tomato tomato game or whatever it was and tetris of course but yeah, yeah. it's well <laughs> you have to basically collect uh, so you, it's fruits that drop it's kind of hard to tell in the game boy version because there's an arcade version that came out a year before um and oh i didn't mention the composer for the arcade it was asuyoshi isemura and then uh-huh. um for the game boy i don't have like i think it was converted by somebody else but um also uh, supporting sound um, was Yasuyuki Suzuki. So there, there's a few different people, but I don't know exactly who did the Game Boy version. Um, anyways, the, the game itself, back to um, the, the yeah. puzzle game, is it's they're supposed to be fruit, but you can't really tell because, uh, you know, limited um, pixels. Yeah. pixels and color palette, right? <laughs> yeah. But what you have to do is you have to line them up along a, in, in a row, like all the way across the row. And um, each square that you get, it's like um, like Tetris where you get the blocks, like the kind of four piece block, mm-hmm. um, not the the long, tall um, one that everybody wants, but like the, the square, the fat <laughs> right. square one. 
Um, and you can rotate that around and kind of put them in um, like vertically, horizontally, or diagonally. Um, anyways, so when you get these these rows of fruit, then um, it kind of goes away. It's it's basically kind of like another version of like Yoshi's Cookie or Tetris or um, with, with more of like a diagonal and horizontal element. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it. the The square grid reminds me. I know it's not like this, but Luminez uses the same kind of block. They're always squares. Yeah, it, yeah. That's a better example. It's yeah. alternating col color patterns, so it could be like, you know, one of the four is one color. You know, two of them or three of them or four of them, whatever. So yeah, got it, got it. And I guess the uh, sequiero is the, like a piece that has like um, all four of the same. Um, four spaces in the square. It's all for the same color. So hmm, okay. like that. Anyways, <laughs> the, the, the reason why I picked this is because first of all, like I play this game every now and then I don't know. How, I, I have like a device that I keep kind of near my bed and sometimes I'll, I'll put something on just to, you know, kind of relax as I'm yeah. getting ready to crash. And, um, I found this game like <laughs> months ago and you know, it, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's, it's addictive game. And, um, seriously, if it came out on like, you know, iOS or Android today, it would probably be doing really well. Anyways. Oh yeah. Puzzle games are timeless like that. Yeah, I love them. They're really good. <laughs> but Jalico is not really known for their puzzle game. So it, yeah. you might've passed this up. Fair enough. Yeah. And, uh, the music is again, it's catchy. It's, it's has that kind of sweet innocence to it, right? Where it's, it's, M -I -C -K -E -Y -M -O, uh, sorry, I can't say that. <laughs> sure, sure. But like, uh, hear me out though. Like we were talking in the, the last track that I played, the first track, the um, uh, Dunk Shot. What is it? Um, almost innocence, that sweet innocence of like, uh, you know, kind of early music. Now this wasn't early in the Game Boy's life cycle, but it has right, this right. kind of just very like playful feeling to it. And yeah, I like kinda that. like the early arcades had more of this, you know, Major key, upbeat, very bouncy sort of music. Which is, you know? was exactly where this stems from, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, yeah, I wanted to bring something, you know, like, you know, I, I tend to bring a lot of like dark and heavy music, but you know, this is, <laughs> was, yeah, it was fun. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. It was it was a lot of fun. I, I definitely like something that's a little bit more uh, complex sometimes. But one, what I love about these shows is it gives us an opportunity to just like. Yeah, what the heck? Why not? Well, Let's and that's the other, and that's the other thing too is like you know I listen to a lot of music, but I think ah you know maybe, maybe I don't want to share this you know on the show yeah. because you know I, maybe it doesn't fit everybody's tastes. I don't know, um, but since I really don't um, care what everybody's tastes are, <laughs> I, I just I, you know I want to uh, promote this stuff. Remember like the, what we yeah. what we do. We listen to this music and stuff. It's it's really to to appreciate like even the the simple stuff. So yeah, it's, for it's cool. sure, yeah. Cool. All right. What do you got for us? So this one is a little bit of backstory to this where, you know, we're getting to two decades out from the 2000s, <laughs> unfortunately. God. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm nostalgic for that era necessarily. There's a I would say it was a really rough period for both games because of all of the we talk about this all the time. The mergers, a lot of mid, you know, mid-sized developers went under. Um VGM was kind of going through a weird kind of awkward phase, but I, I feel like there's still quite a lot of good music in there. So I actually picked something that's maybe, you know, it's, it's from Falcom. It's from a Falcom game, but it's probably one that I don't think as many people have heard of or really have thought much about. It's uh, from the game Garumin, okay. uh, which came out on PSP and, th and then eventually I think on windows and a couple of other platforms. Uh, this track is called site of silence 
kind of a oh cool. Well, I'll let I'll let you take a listen, but uh, here it is. That was Side of Silence from the game Garumin, originally released for the Windows or the PSP. It was somewhere around uh, the same time. Uh, and that was from Falcom, uh, composed by the Falcom sound team. 
We do have a likely credit of Takahide Murayama, and I do have some credit info for him if that's who it ends up being, but that's the best I got. Uh, as we know, Falcom is notoriously secretive about who their composers were, almost more than any other company. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love this track. <laughs> yeah, no, excellent. The uh, track itself takes some time to get going, like good True. 20 yeah. seconds or something, but it unleashes that stand-up or that upright bass, and it's all over, man. It's it's so good. And then the the Rhodes organ comes in, and then you got this really nice like lead, um, kind of like jazz guitar. And uh, I just, yeah, it's just a really good track. Caught me off guard. I had never heard of this game. Uh, Gurum, Gurumin, is that what she said? Gurumin? Yeah, yeah. So this is one definitely people would have probably missed. I mean, this was like kind of in that weird, like I said, adolescent era where the Falcom that people knew of the 90s, mostly from like the Ease games, they were kind of trying out some new things. This one was a one-off. I don't think there were any other games in this series. It's kind of like a top-downy Zelda sort of game. So, you know, you fight enemies, but you don't actually gain levels. You usually have to do something like defeat a boss to get more hearts to actually increase your life bar, that kind of thing. And, you know, it's kind of stuck around, but its first outing was on the PSP. So, like console wise uh so i think a lot of people miss this one now we're back to ease being all over the place so and this got re-released on the 3ds and uh, a couple of other places but it's 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 a fun enough game i played it a little bit but it's not going to be one that you're going to go back and be like wow that was that was amazing it was a lost hidden gem that said the soundtrack is really good there's a lot of great music on it but this is to me the standout track huh yeah so it looks like there's a series actually there's a few games um, I'm just looking up this here. Guru mean, Oh, guru. So like the image I'm looking at is, um, there's like a drill or something like that, which would make yeah. sense. Cause in, in Japanese guru is like to spin around. Um, so maybe it has something to do with like, that's the weapon or, or yeah, or you like use that. it kind of like you would use the sword in Zelda. And I think it does have like some spin attacks where you can like charge it up. Um, but you know, like overall it's pretty, pretty standard stuff. Enemies appear, you know, they walk along the kind of the grid and you attack them as they come up and they're always, you know, you go to the next screen, the enemies respawn, you know, that sort of thing. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, sounds cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there is actually, I think the second game is just the remake for 3ds. I don't think it's actually a series. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe it is. Yeah, I'm almost positive it was just remade for the 3DS, but uh, I, I could be wrong. Maybe there was some slight updates or it's kind of a revamp, but no, it's, huh. it's a cool game, definitely, but not like not one that I think people are going to run out and want to play immediately, but definitely worth taking a look at. You know what it kind of reminds me of? The um, the art style is Brave Fencer Musashi. Did you ever play that? I did not, but I can see that for sure. It's kind of like a little bit cutesy, but not like too far. It's not like... I don't know. Yeah, it's you kind of have to look at the screenshots to see for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Um, yeah, no, no, cool soundtrack, man. This is a good, this is a good uh, find here. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely one to check out. The rest of it, um, it may not be to everybody's tastes. It's another one that kind of is a little bit all over the place. But you know, two thousands, so you're gonna hear a lot of like techno, trance, drum and bass. Um, I think this one is a good blend of that plus some really good melodic elements, which is why I picked it. Yeah. I think was an excellent choice. Uh, released, you said in 2004? 
Yeah, originally, and then I think in 2005 or six on PSP, and then again, yeah, it even got released for a Chinese Android-based system called the Tomahawk the, the F1. Tomahawk F1, yeah, I just <laughs> saw that. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but there's like all sorts of like cloud-based gaming platforms and Android-based, so it's not really a surprise. <laughs> yeah, doesn't count anymore. Um, cool. Are you ready to get into our last track? I am. Yeah. What you got? Uh, let's see here. I have a few to pick from. Like I been planning on doing a show with you for so long that I started <laughs> saving them up. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, let's do this one. This is a track. D- did you ever play Kid Chameleon? Yes, although I didn't like it that much. <laughs> so it, it's weird. It, there's a spectrum of people who really like the game and those who don't like it at all. It's either you like it or you don't. Um, I find myself kind of like I enjoy it, but I don't ever try to go back to it. So... <laughs> Maybe that means I don't. I don't know. Anyways, the the soundtrack is really cool. Uh, it was composed by Mark Miller or his production company, New Romantic Productions, and this was released on the Mega Drive in 1992. So let's take a listen uh, to Fantasy Area. That was Fantasy Area from Kid Chameleon on the Sega Mega Drive for the Genesis, released in 1992, developed by Sega and published by Sega and Atari, depending on um, the region, I guess. It was composed by Mark Miller of New Romantic Productions, who you'd know from Earthworm Jim and uh, various other um, stuff around this time. Um, pretty well known. And the New Romantic Productions, I, I believe they have a sound driver specifically that they were using a lot. Um, but uh, the chip is obviously using the YM2612 and the SM76489. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Kid Chameleon. It's a, it's a terribly cool, horribly oh, uh, yeah, boring I'm- game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it starts off with a dude who's too cool for school, you know, wearing a leather jacket and, you know, white shirt and jeans. You know the story. Goes to an arcade, 
gets sucked in to Tron world. And, you know, it's just it's just bad news from there. You just got to fight all the enemies. Happens to everybody. I know what happened to me when I was a kid. You know, <laughs> I barely made it out. That's why I got into tech. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's yeah. how a lot of these uh, CEOs started out, you know. <laughs> yeah, the game, look, it's a it's a it's a good looking game. Uh, it, it you know, it's not anything to give it a shot. If you've never played it, give Kid Kid Chameleon a go. But um, I, I think that, you know, the areas are really big from what I remember, but they're just, you know, they're kind of they're a little bit repetitive to where it's it's like the same thing for a very long period of time. So it, yeah. it, you might love the game. You might not. I don't know. But the track is really cool. What do you think? I had fun with the game, by the way. But I will say the track is it's really funky. It kind of reminds me of like 80s electro. Uh, you know, if you're familiar with it, I'm trying to remember some of the, the bands that were popular, but you know, just look up electro, you know, it's just kind of like a <laughs> sort of a weird mix between, you know, synthesizers and hip hop. Uh, I don't know. There was a ton of it, like from the mid eighties onwards. Uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. Actually, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, you remember our home alone episode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was yeah, a couple yeah. of tracks in there from the Genesis that had this kind of like, let the drum machine start wilding while you're, you know, soloing over with synthesizers. But, you know, it's got like good percussive rhythmic elements. And I think the Genesis was really good at that. And yeah, you know, totally. I, I, mean, I like it a lot. It's I a mean, good groove. It has, it, it, when you start looking at some of the games that Mark Miller has been involved in, um, that, you know, we should get him on the show at some point. Um, sure. There, you know, I'm looking here at like Disney's Jungle Book, Earthworm Jim, Rocco's Modern Life. They all have these. Uh, he even did like voice effects for Star Control <laughs> 2 and, you know, um, sound design. Pink Panther goes to Hollywood. A bunch of stuff. He did um, sound effects for uh, Toe Jam and Earl. So I, you know, like he did music direction for Toe, Toe Jam and Earl too. So nice. I mean, like a lot of, a lot of different kind of Western uh, games that uh, he was involved in, not just sound uh, and, and composition and sound design, but also like visual um, effects and stuff like that. Uh, really credited to more more in the audio stuff, but yeah, he you know did all sorts of stuff. No, I dug it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as well as uh, you know different sound effects here and there. So yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I have much else to say about it other than, uh, you know, honestly, I, I did really enjoy Kid Chameleon at the time. I don't know that I'd go back to it these days, but, you know. It was I'm kind of thinking to go back and play it now just because, <laughs> like, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll have a different opinion. Maybe my old person brain is, like, simple enough to where I'm like, mm, the good old days. I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, report back on the next show or whenever, whenever you get around to it. We'll, we'll see. We'll the next show out. ends up being a Kid Chameleon episode. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh so cool. you ready to move on uh yeah yeah let's do it all right so uh we're gonna play the track and then talk about it before we wrap up i know a lot of times we like end the show on our last track but it makes more sense to kind of do a little bit of bio on this one <laughs> this is one i brought up to you some time ago brian this is from the pc game titled vlad tepes dracula this is track five okay
That was track five from the game Vlad Tepes Dracula, composed by Carl Hansen. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more about this game. Had some really great alternative titles, A Reign of Terror. Also, Dracula, the Carpathian Warrior in uh, French and Spanish. But, Mm. uh, you know, I'm not going to butcher those pronunciations. But it's really like kind of a boring RTS, but like, for some reason, it has like this really epic piano uh, thing in it, and I just <laughs> I fell in love with this track. You realize what you just played, right? Like, What's that? You played <laughs> Dracula meets Gabriel Knight. Oh, a hundred percent. As soon as I heard this, like <laughs> you know, my my child brain was forever changed after I played Gabriel Knight and anything to do with the occult and Dracula. It's been and, a while. Like... <laughs> it's been a while since we brought up Gabriel Knight, so it's it, it's... it has. Uh, Luckily, we we got through that episode with minimal Tim Curry impressions. I don't, <laughs> but no, I, I this one was an interesting track. I found it through that channel that I found. Uh, what was it? Um, Airport CEO. Um, oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The archaeologist of lost music. He just had a lot of weird PC games that. Uh, if you went to a computer store like CompUSA, it was just like on a rack somewhere. It wasn't a game that anybody would spend money on unless they were like, you know, ah, oh, what the hell? It's like five bucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was published by uh, the Learning Company and SoftKey Multimedia, which uh, if we ever do our edutainment episode, we'll talk a lot more about them. But they kind of gobbled up all of the bigger uh edutainment companies and then everything kind of came crashing down was this an edutainment game they market it that way but i don't really believe it was i mean i've watched gameplay footage it looks like like a really bad warcraft you know you select a bunch of units and you attack castles and you attack other units uh the description in Wikipedia tries to make it sound a little bit more educational than it was. Like it's just, it's a castle management game. It's like no, it's not. It's it's just like you move some units to fight <laughs> other soldiers on the you know on the field in real time. It's it's not that. So <laughs> castle management game. That's yeah. It, okay. it was something like that. So um, I have a little bit of information about the guy Carl Hansen. He didn't work on that many games. Another one of these folks that was kind of in and out of the games industry. Um, you know, he worked for Digital Illusions in Sweden. So, you know, just that kind of burgeoning Swedish game industry. And uh, he worked on Midtown Madness 3 as a sound designer, as well as Rally Sport 2. Those are both, I think, Xbox games. Um, but with this company, which is, oh, sorry, I forgot the name of the company, which is Computer House GBGAB. Those are acronyms that probably mean like corporation, essentially. Uh, clans, Dragonfire, Geosmart, and and this. Uh, they're not games you probably would have heard of. I certainly hadn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't computer house. I mean... Yeah, it's a Swedish game dev company in 1997 that was branded as an edutainment software company. So, like, I don't, I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> Interesting. Huh, well... Yeah, th- some of their games were kind of like Diablo clones. So they were clearly in that, like, if we just copy better game design, we'll learn how to make good games... Uh, the company died after after that, so uh, mm. like ninety nine two thousand didn't really survive. Oh well, eh. some of these folks moved on. <laughs> well, good uh, stepping stone for yeah, some of them. So that, that works exactly. Brought us uh, brought us Airport CEO and all those other Swedish games that uh, we'd love to talk about on here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, cool. All right. Well, we had a lot of uh, really cool tracks. You want to summarize what we had? Uh, so I played Dunk Shot in the beginning uh, from the arcade Kid Chameleon and sold them on the Game Boy. Uh, you had Vlad Tepes Dracula. <laughs> yeah, in reverse order. Then I had uh, Sight of Silence from Garuman. Oh, right, right. And then uh, Stage 1 from Sid Mead's Terraforming, which... Uh, yeah, a lot oh, of like God. meandering synths and all those tracks, and that was not intentional. I guess it just kind of hooked into my brain. <laughs> yeah, I I had like absolutely no rhyme or reason to any of my tracks. It was like <laughs> something I just like, oh yeah, I like that, and then I you know make a note of it, and then you know carry on the rest of the day. So. <laughs> I did want to quickly say this before because uh, I mentioned the composer for Garuman, the likely composer, and I didn't actually list his credits, but uh, if it is actually. Um, Takahide Moriyama, he's very likely the composer that worked on Trails. Well, he is the composer that worked on Trails in the Sky, Xanadu Next, Akiba's Trip 1 and 2, uh, and he's a bass player. So I, I want to try to give credit where credit is due, but I also don't want to commit too hard and say that he is the guy because this game doesn't have really strong, like we know exactly which track was made by which composer. There were like five or six on this one. Well, on these expansion packs, we do the you know, the best, Let's do the best we can with the information the, we got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in the, in the allotted time, right. We're trying to get back into our recording and <laughs> it's not going to work if we spend like four hours researching a PSP composer. So yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And you know, we're, uh, we're, we're glad we had, we got a little break in there, but we're very happy to be back and always doing the show is, is something that brings us happiness and hopefully you know, you got some cool music to listen to and it brings you some happiness as well. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you back in a few weeks for the next episode. <laughs>